Um, I think that's just as much worship as declaring the word on a stage because it's showing that we're not perfect people, but the grace of God still abounds even when we screw up and mess up. And I think sometimes, I think sometimes our kids can learn more about who Jesus is and the love that Jesus has for us when they see us admitting our failures and our, and, and our flaws. This is the Defiant Dad Podcast, show number seven, coming to you today from the great state of Texas. My name is Andrew Sullivan. Thank you so much for making this show a part of your day. Defiant is defined in the dictionary as showing a disposition to challenge, resist, or fight. This podcast, well, it equips fathers to fight for themselves and their families using the truth of the gospel. Well, friends, we are seven, yes, count them, seven episodes into this thing now, and I have to tell you quickly just how grateful I am about something. As I have worked to get this brand new podcast off the ground, I've, uh, I've leveraged the time and the expertise so far of seven people who have had uh, a great impact on me spiritually, seven men who I think do a great job of following God's Word and leading their families well spiritually, and today's guest is certainly no exception in any way whatsoever. Uh, Ryan Jackson is a 36-year-old husband and father of two, currently living and working as a worship pastor at the Bridge Fellowship in Bernie, Texas. Ryan is a guy that, uh, I mean, where do I start? He's a guy that I've known since I was eight or nine, uh, when we were on the same little league team in the Woodlands outside of Houston. Uh, He was a friend of mine in high school. He was my roommate in college at TCU. He was the best man at my wedding, and I could not could not be more thrilled to have him on the podcast today. First of all, because he is indeed so close to me, but secondly, because he is truly an incredible man of God. Uh, This is the kind of person that I want all of my friends and all of my relatives to be like. Um, And I know without a doubt you're going to benefit so much from our conversation today about worship, uh, which which is not just music. Uh, We're talking about worship and its role in leading our families spiritually. Hey, if you're not a subscriber yet, I hope you'll hit that button in whatever app you're using. And again, please take a moment to share today's episode with someone who might benefit uh, from a little encouragement today. It would really mean so much to me. Without any further delay, here he is. It's Ryan Jackson. For some reason, I had a horse fly flying around my office here. Make it sound like my studio is like super unsanitary, but honestly, it's the first fly it's ever like that I can remember being in here. And this course is one of those giant ones. That's when you're like, honestly, it is. Oh, dude. (laughs) Honestly, it is that unsanitary. (laughs) Bro, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It was nasty. Like, and I'm sitting here, like, chasing around at the flip-flop. Like, I've got to kill this thing because (laughs) anyone who listens to this podcast is going to hear, you know, (laughs) giant horse fly flying around. That's Uh, funny. Yeah, man. Hey, thank you so much for taking time out of your your evening to... uh, chat with me on the defiant dad podcast um yeah yeah, i mean i just knew when i put this together that you'd be on uh on this thing and i knew that you'd be such a great fit for the things that we're talking about i mean i've known you for how old i mean we met in like when i was like third grade fourth grade so yeah i'm pretty sure we're on the same little league team you know like 1996 or so so we're coming up on 30 30 years of friendship so, Close. yeah, man, I love that. And uh, so it's no brainer to have you on, man. Uh, you know, I know you to be a wonderful dude. Um, 
an incredible musician, worship leader, incredible father, husband, uh, real natural fit here for the podcast, man. So thank you so much for, for coming on today. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks for thinking of me. Yeah, of course. So, uh, where are you where are you tuning in from tonight? Uh, I am at our offices in Bernie, uh, about ten minutes north of San Antonio. Sweet. Um, so we are a two and a half year old. I'm the worship pastor at the Bridge Fellowship in Bernie, Texas. We are a two and a half year old church plant, third generation church plant. Um, but we are uh, currently working through the process of building a building and all that stuff. So right now we are a portable church. So we set what? up, tear down every week in an elementary school. Yeah. Um, and y'all do such a great and, job uh, though. In three weeks, we'll move to the high school just because we've outgrown the elementary school. So wow, we announced that God. today. That's so, cool. Congrats. Yeah, praise, that's huge. praise God and what he's doing. Um, Man, that's that's that, a huge accomplishment too because I've seen you at that yeah. elementary school and that's a big school. So to move to the high school from there, yeah. that's that's something, man. Yeah, we've we've been packing it out. Um, the high school is bringing us a, a lot of opportunities for increased parking spaces, for uh, better uh, children spaces, yeah. uh, and uh, yeah, we're good. able we're able to grow our church by about fifty percent by making this move. And wow. so, uh, hoping that this will. Um, this will be the final bridge to, uh, to the building <laughs> no within a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Well, that's really cool, man. It's, it's awesome to see the growth there. Um, cause you guys were a plant from Curry Creek, right? Correct. And which was a plant from first Baptist Bernie. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So, I love that. Third generation church plant all within the same town. Um, even today we had a a guy who was on staff at Curry Creek come preach at our church today. So it was, oh, wow. it was really cool. I we're able that. to do these things because we're not in competition with one another. We're all on the same team and uh, all just congenial churches in the area. So it's really, really cool. Man, I think that's so cool. Just disciples making disciples and working together. Like you say, not competing. What a what a beautiful picture of, of unity that is. Um, it, it really is cool. That's awesome, man. Well, I want to ask you, first off, just so... Uh, those of you who haven't known you almost 30 years like I have, uh, when did you become a Christian and, and what role uh, did your parents have uh, in you coming to faith in Christ? Yeah, I was raised in uh, in, uh, at a, in a church in Baytown, Texas, um, uh, and was pretty much raised in the church, all that thing, uh, oh. walked the aisle when I was seven. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I still have my Bible that says on this day, I accepted Jesus in my heart sort of thing. Wow. Uh, was was baptized in that church. Uh, my grandma went to that church. My parents were in that church. Um, but um, kind of did the thing because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And um, but it wasn't I didn't really I don't I truly believe that something happened within my heart that made me realize that I was a sinner. And then I needed a savior, but I don't know if I really understood the true gift of salvation and really started living for the Lord the way that he intended me to do uh, until I was probably 14, 15, something like that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's cool. And, you know, that's about the time that I got to know you. I started coming to, I don't think I've ever shared my testimony on this podcast, but I, you know, started coming to Crossroads Baptist Church in the Woodlands. Um 
about uh, seventh grade. Now, we'd already known each other kind of a little bit through Little League before that, but mm-hmm. I remember in seventh grade, I distinctly remember uh, being invited to go to church there. Um, my parents were invited, and, you know, I came. And um, probably about six months into that, um, Pastor Larry York came over to the house one night and had dinner with us and just shared the gospel with me, and it just wrecked my life, like, as a, you know, 13-year-old, yeah. 12-year-old. And... Um, uh, yeah, I guess the rest is history. Um, yeah. and so it's, you know, it's just been great getting to know you, man, and, and seeing you grow, you know, standing at your wedding and vice versa and, you know, <laughs> knowing and loving Bad. your wife and your kids and vice versa. It's, you know, it's so sweet, man, that uh, we're doing this here uh, together. And, you know, I think it's, um, I think it's a real testimony to the idea, not just the idea, but the scripture of training your children up in the way they should go. Um, the fact that, you know, here you are, you're 36 years old, uh, and, um, you know, working at a church, serving the Lord wholeheartedly, um, now, you know, at your your second church, you know, and and being a part of some really, really great things there. Um, so actually that kind of leads into the next question for those of, uh, those of us who, who, or for those of our listeners who don't know you, um, how did you get into leading worship? Yeah, so um, I feel like God's always given me the gift to sing. Um, but uh, so I was very active within our churches, children's choirs, and musicals and um, stuff like that because you did that back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember I missed the youth choir then, days a little. <laughs> yeah, I went into the youth choir scenario thing and did some mission trips that way. and. Um, sang all the way through high school. Um, and so it was just, it was kind of natural for me to just to sing in church and just do that. It was in the praise band, whatever you, what yeah. we ever, we call it yeah. back then. Um, never really cared about playing anything. Um, I was just like, I'm, I'm just singer. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then I happened to be roommates with you <laughs> in college Yeah, and, uh, and you had uh, that Martin that you still have. Yeah. That is still one of my favorite guitars of played all time. It th- played it this morning. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's a long story um, about why I played it this morning, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we would just, uh, you know, mess around in, in our dorm room and yeah. I would sing and you would play. And that turned into us leading worship in our college ministry in Fort Worth. And uh, I would kind of do the percussion thing and you would and sing and you would play guitar and sing. And, yeah. um, that's kind of how the whole thing started. The sweet and, times. um, so I, uh, long story short, I moved back home to be an intern back at Crossroads to where we grew up, uh, was an intern there for a little while and, uh, ended up working there till I finished undergrad. Uh, and, uh, the student pastor at the time said, Hey, um, we're going to start a junior high service. Uh, we know that you can sing, so you're going to lead it. Here's a guitar, figure it out. And oh, I said, I don't think I remember that. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I called you and I said, hey, I need like a quick just drill here, <laughs> what to do. Um, so I think I knew three chords at the time. And so I went through all of the song databases and looked at um, what songs only have these three chords that I know in them. There you go. And those are the songs we sang for the first little while. <laughs> and then uh, and then I found, I added a, a fourth chord and maybe, I don't know a lot of chords. I'm not a great guitar player. 
Um, but I know enough and God, God gifted a man with an idea for a capo. And that uh, <laughs> has changed my life forever. So I am forever indebted to Mr. Kaiser or whoever made the first capo. Yes, uh, Mr. Planet Waves. Me to be the worship leader that I am uh, without you. No. Um, <laughs> and so that just kind of that just kind of took off from there and uh, started leading and started growing in that gift. And uh, there's a, a the worship pastor at Crossroads, uh, Rocky Gilmore, uh, is love him uh, like a spiritual father for me. Yeah, um, likewise. Saw saw something in me and said, "Hey." Um, let's develop this a little bit more and uh, ended up giving me my first full-time job mm. uh, to be a worship leader for students and for the next gen kind of worship leader, which then progressed into being a worship associate, which then progressed into uh, 10 years after that I first got that job, I'm here as a worship pastor in a completely different town. Um, yeah. God. And just, cool. uh, you know, continuing to pursue what the Lord has in store for us and, and for me and, um, you know, I've always gone by the whole, uh, surround yourself by people who are way better than you because then it makes you look better than you really are. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I've, I've done that, but, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the whirlwind story and it, yeah. it kind of just started out of a, Hey, you can sing. And then, um, Hey, here's a guitar figured out. And yeah. then a, Hey, we see this in you. And now it's, it's. I'm having those conversations with other people now, which is that. really, really cool. That's really cool watching it come full circle then. That's cool. Mm. It's uh, I. It's funny, man. I thought of you. I mean, I knew you were coming on tonight. But I was thinking of you from that. But then I was also thought of you for another reason today because I played that Martin guitar today at church. So my I have a, my main guitar, my workhorse guitar, as you know, is a Gibson J45. Uh, I've had it for... I played mine today. <clears throat> yeah, it's a great guitar. It's It's just... It's perfect. It's such a great guitar for worship leaders, for those like us who strum a lot, you know, and uh, sounds great. I just love the way the a good Gibson guitar sounds like it's just it's somewhere in between a Taylor and a Martin kind of. But I won't say it's I say it's more closely to a Martin, but it has just a little bit different mm-hmm. nature to it, you know, without derailing the conversation too much. Anyway, so I that guitar I miss. It has been in the shop since valentine's day it has been in the shop goodness gracious yeah so it's there's i won't you know i won't say the name of the the repairman because i bet he's doing a really really great job and i'm supposed to actually pick it up from the shop this next week so i'll let you know but uh i took it in there to the shop because he was highly recommended and because the guy had used for previous uh, the guitar needed a refret a uh, but then it also, you know, cause in addition to worship leading, I do three to five gigs a week and like, I go through frets like quick, like every year and a half, I'm ha- two years, I'm having to do a refret and it's just, uh, a pain, but then, um, and that's just not something you do yourself, but then the top also, uh, has had three cracks in it. And so it was just, they were stable, they were stable kind of, and the, but the guy wasn't like panicking, but he's like, yeah, I definitely am going to like treat these right i'm gonna have to do some sanding and then do some refinishing on the top and yada yada i was like okay well everybody just says you're the best so like i trust you you know no sweat thinking that it'd be like you know a month two months maybe at the most well here we are like almost six months later i still have my guitar back and i'm like i'm like hey man love you but i really miss my guitar and he's like oh it's i kind of need that back please yeah and he's like well and i what cued me to text him the other night was he was working on like a project car of his and he posted about it on instagram and i'm like bro 
you should be working on my guitar. <laughs> like, I want it back. And um, uh, so I texted him, like, the next day, but super polite, you know. I was like, hey, I hope you're doing well. I haven't heard from you in a couple months. Wanted to check in on Static. He's like, oh, I forgot to text you. Yeah, your guitar's done. You can come by and get it on Tuesday. I'm like, oh, sweet. Okay. So then I'm like, how many weeks has it just been sitting there? But it's okay. I'm getting it back. But I thought of you because I ended up playing that Martin today uh, at church and leading. And then beyond that, I thought of you because I have worked into, I've been working a few very old songs into the rotation because, uh, you know, it's come to my attention that there are young couples and young singles at our church, you know, fresh out of college, fresh out of high school who don't know some of these really older songs that are still great. Um, and, uh, for example, so the one I did today was, uh, yearn by Shane and Shane. Like mm. it's such a, we've done that each of the last two weeks and it's been fitting really well with our sermon series. And I was just like, you know, I'm just going to go for it, you know, and it's one that's great because I don't have to introduce the song because like half of our body or more already knows it. And they're like, and it's funny because I had probably three or four people from like our generation or older. It's like, hey, I love the throwback song. So great. And then I had another two or three people actually last Sunday when I first played it come up to me like, hey, love the new song. Who sings that? I said, Shane and Shane. Like, oh, really? I said, yeah. I said, you're not going to believe this. The song is like 20, 25 years old. Like it's maybe their very first <laughs> well-known song you know it's like the first Shane and Shane song I can remember that I you know remember hearing with you way back in the day like I think back in high school or maybe in college like you gave me you burned me a copy of their album you know back in the the LimeWire days (laughs) and uh had that song on it and you know the rest is history I guess but uh, I just I was just trying to get you out of your screamo sessions into <laughs> your more acoustic yes. world oh yeah so what, a, what I appreciate you doing that I appreciate you doing that <laughs> although I do have I did make a playlist of some of those bands the other day when I was driving home really late from a gig I was so tired I just pulled them up on Spotify and I was like man I haven't heard these bands in like in almost 20 years and it got me home and the adrenaline was there but uh yeah I mean those are some sweet times back in the dorm room and it's just you know, lead, back in the days, leading leading worship for our college group, and then for Bucks, uh, and uh, yeah, man, I think I think I think about those nights in Sidrich like all the time, all the time. They, um, looking back on it, those were some very holy moments. Mm-hmm. Like not yeah. to not to minimize all the crazy stuff that we did back then either, but those are just some very sacred moments. You you don't hear rooms of 200 men yeah just declaring the glory of god together yeah. very much anymore no um no, and so especially college, college age men you know yeah i don't think i ever realized how special it was until years later after yeah. all that stuff yeah yeah you're right you know and and my history you know with worship leading has been uh the real quick version again was was that uh I think about, how old was I? I think I was like 17 or so when I was competent at playing guitar in front of other people. You know, I didn't know a whole lot, uh, but I knew, you know, the chords and a few minor chords and whatever. And uh, I remember someone at Crossroads asking me if I could help lead for like the the sixth graders, the fifth and sixth graders in the portable building out there. And um, it uh, was an adventure, you know, we had... (laughs) That was before we even had like PowerPoint out there. So like I was making like transparencies. Transparencies. Oh, dude. And I had the transparent and nobody to change the transparencies. Like there was, it was absolute like minimal resources in the situation, but it trained me like for 
how my life as worship leader has gone now because like I've just had to do everything like on a budget and uh excuse me I think another fly's flying around here and uh anyway I can remember standing there in that portable building playing uh you know waves of mercy waves of grace <laughs> you know with, with sixth graders and trying to strum 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 finish the verse and then slide the transparency down and <laughs> keep going <laughs> And uh, that's where it all began, you know, and then obviously the Bucks years and Trinity years and uh, in college and stuff. And then and beyond. Yeah. And then last couple of years, I was actually brought on staff at City Church uh, right after COVID. And um, it's just you to I say all of this to say you're absolutely right that those years in college were so special to hear men unified and pouring out their hearts to God, uh, especially through music. Um, I, I took those years, even those four, four whole years of doing that, I took it for granted, you know, because now like at our church, we have godly men who do pour their hearts for God, but it's more like what you, I'm sure you see too, where a lot of the men are more reserved, um, you know, uh, men who, who love the Lord and men who maybe don't, you know, but they're more reserved. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think a lot of people think it's, maybe culturally speaking, it's more of like a, a womanly thing to sing out in public or something. I, I don't really know, you know, and like I've done all sorts of things to like try to put more key, more songs and lower keys, you know, for men. Um, I, I don't know. Um, it's, you're, you're so right, man. Those are some, those are some sweet times. Uh, moving on here, I guess I want to ask you, you know, you, you are a father of two amazing mm-hmm. kids, your your husband and father, love your wife and kids, and have for a long time. Um, how is how is being a worship leader uh, taken on a different meaning for you, like since becoming a dad? Um, I guess if you could contrast it, like the pre kid days to to now. Yeah, I mean, I I was still really young in in my worship leading when we had kids. We only had we had kids a year and a half into our marriage. Uh, and I got married at two weeks after I graduated college. Yeah. So, so I when, was I, when only... I say worship leading, I mean like also yeah, yeah, like yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. helping me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for for a little while, I I don't know if it really changed a whole lot, just because they were babies and they were just goo goo gagaing and and all the other stuff. I think it really started to hit home more when. Um, when my oldest would like sing some of the songs mm. that we were singing or when I was practicing at home or I would pull my guitar out and he'd just want to come over and play on the guitar a little bit, even if he was just smacking strings around and yeah. pulling it out of tune. Um, those, those sort of things. Um, and so even now he's like, dad, what songs are you singing this week? Oh, I love uh, that. What, what are you doing this week? I love um, that. And, and sometimes that question is, uh, where he wants to give his opinion on what songs are good or bad. <laughs> of course. Um, of course. But, uh, but other, and then there are some times when he's like, dad, you need to sing in this key, not in that key. And, <laughs> da, 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 da. and I'm just like, you yes. don't even know what you're saying, but it's okay. It's the son um, of two, two former choir singers. Yeah. <laughs> I love you it. Know, I love who, it. Who can actually very sing very, very, very well. Oh, I believe it. But, I wholeheartedly believe but, it. But also doesn't think he needs help. uh humility is one that we're working on with him uh right now for for our um, listeners how old is he he's 11 he's 11 yes you're right okay i mean every age Um, you're right in the thick of it but it's a a different phase than what i'm in yeah 
And so then our my daughter is seven, and she just turned seven a couple of weeks ago. And uh, but we're in the car listening to whatever. Uh, a lot of times I'll play. We have a playlist on Spotify of all the songs that we've sung at the bridge. I've only been on staff since October, mm-hmm. and so we have a we have a playlist of all the songs we've sung since I came on staff. Love and it. I just kind of rotate that through, and I'm just listening to it um, because I feel like I'm. It's kind of like in, in sports, you're getting mental reps. Yeah. Even as you're driving, you're hearing the melody, you're hearing the words, you're hearing the tunes. I did the same thing. The different the different parts and some stuff like that. So yeah. most of the time when I'm in the car, um, unless I'm listening to the Defiant Dad podcast, <laughs> I am uh, I am I'm listening to that playlist a lot. Yeah. And so she has started to pick up on some of the songs that we're singing and. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the and she'll just start singing the singing some songs. She was when she was five, she loved Waymaker. It was one yeah. of her favorite songs, and she built it at the top of her lungs. And she, unlike my son, does not have the gift of two singing parents that have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, but you know, but you can tell that she's saying it with all her heart. Oh, and so, so like, you can't get mad that. about that. No. You can't be like, Hey, Hey, change your pitch. You're a little flat. Can you no, just take it up a hair? Turn it up, baby. Um, Come on. You can't, you can't do that. But, yeah. um, but so I think once, once I started to see them latching on to the songs I'm listening to, the songs that we're playing in church, um, COVID was actually really big because we would pre-record our services when I was on staff um, there we would mm-hmm. film them all on Monday, mm-hmm. uh, and then we would sit at home as a family because no, we weren't doing live yet. We were pre-recording. Yeah, and so we would sit at home with family, and we would be in church together on our couch. And so they would see Daddy on the TV, playing, playing, and leading. And then I'm also sitting right there with them. And so um i think that kind of helped helped us just kind of worship more as a family together but then they took a lot more of a vested interest they almost played the the what song is daddy gonna sing this week game um (laughs) and so but it was i think that was kind of the time when i started to see them like really start to dive into the music side of it Mm. and so i think um so i don't know if it necessarily changed me right when we had the kids um, I was still really young and fairly, I'm not going to say immature, but just green yeah. in my worship leading and stuff like yeah. that as they were babies. Um, was, wasn't was even full-time on a church staff yet. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but as they've grown older and they've come to understand more and um, all, a lot of credit needs to go towards our kids ministry here at the bridge and even mm-hmm. uh, back at Crossroads that are, um, leading kids worship yeah. that's biblical. Those are Amen. songs that they're bringing home and that they're singing. Um, they're singing scripture songs. They're singing attributes of God songs. They're singing all these different things that remind them of who God is and who they are in God um, and what scripture says about God. Um, the, our kids teams are incredible. And that. so and so they're singing these songs coming home. We're singing them in the big room and they're singing them in kids room and we're singing them in the car. And so all the time you're hearing these songs and these truths about God being sung everywhere to where we get in the car and, and my daughter's just like, Hey, can we, can we listen to this song? 
Yeah. Can we listen to that one? Isn't that my so favorite great? song? Is this one? I and love so that. you, I, I'll find them upstairs in their room, listening to music and just singing the worship songs in their rooms just for fun. Ugh. So like, that's it's kind of starting to hit probably within the last two to three years or so of just it, what we do is is seen and what we do is heard and what we do is important. Yeah. Um, even when we don't think it is, and so even the Saturday night just kind of doing a final run through at home before we go in on Sunday or um, they used to come with me early to church and they would sit through my rehearsal with me before I could take them to kids church yes. uh, or some stuff Samuel like does that it with me right now. Like yeah. They, they see and they're hearing and um, everybody knows like there's just something about music. There is something about music that makes it memorable mm-hmm. that makes it, I think easier to retain. Yeah, um, I think you're definitely and to remember. Yeah. Um, and so, to me, especially as a as a kid, you see um, people do memory verses to like syncopated pattern rhythms with clappings or with some sort of a melody line because it's easier to remember it that way. Yeah. And so, how much are our kids remembering what they did at church by the songs that they sang? And even that could probably even extend into our people in general is yeah. how much are people identifying with the songs that we're singing in churches, which makes song choice and theology within your songs so much more important than it ever has been before. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, you you have so many great things there that you said. I want to back up just a hair. You said, no, dude, you crushed it. That is incredible. Like I'm sitting here. Just, yes. Just keep going. Uh, and the thing that you, one thing that brought to mind, um, you said brought to mind is Deuteronomy six. You know, uh, you teach um, my pastor Chris and I just talked about this on the previous episode. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to uh, to butcher this, so I'm looking up real fast. I got hang tight with me. Um, yeah, here we go. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy six verse four. It says, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one." You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign in your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and of your gates. And... The way that we do that in a modern society, I think you'll agree, a big way in which we're able to do that is through music. Um, music is uh, so much more than, like I've heard music at the church, on a church service, let's say, described um, maybe a bit callously as like the appetizer to the main course, you know, uh, and, and that's wrong. It's not that, you know, uh, this is... Uh, I want to ask you, like, what what do you think is the role of songs in the church, and then why is it important, do you think, for your kids to see you as a father singing these songs? Yeah, I think um, worship, some churches probably do treat worship as a warm-up to the, as the opening act to yeah. the headliner, yeah. uh, the pastor. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to say that that's not the case where we are, Praise at God. least that's uh, awesome. where I am. Likewise. Um, you know, I view our song, our, our song time, cause I don't even call it worship because worship is a whole thing. 
Um, you know, we, we worship through song and we worship through uh, the reading and teaching of scripture and we worship through um, communion and remembrance. Mm-hmm. We worship through um, our community time that we're able just to connect with people in and out. Uh, we worship when we have lunch together and can break bread with gratitude for what God's doing in our hearts and in our minds. Um, we worship as we are praying and, and singing with our families and, and, and all the other things. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that worship is tied into just the music part of it. I think some people have that vernacular, um, in, in their mindset. Mm -hmm. Uh, but to me, um, the importance of song, I mean, we have just as much opportunity on the platform, give or take five minutes as our senior pastor does when he's when he's preaching yeah Uh, so we have we have you know 20 to 25 minutes to teach scripture to teach theology to um remind ourselves of the gospel to um to process through um emotions and feelings and um to remember god's faithfulness um, we have just as you know that much time to do these things. You know what we do with it is is our part of our call and role as pastors uh, and shepherds of our people. Uh, listen back to Andrew's episode talking about just being a shepherd of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so it was one of those Appreciate things. You of, listen to that. He was um, great. Yeah, he was fantastic. And so, um, but you know, our call as worship leaders and. Uh, you know, as dads and as pastors is, is to help shepherd the people. So um, it's not necessarily about what song is the coolest that's out there right now. It's what song do our people need to sing? Yeah. Um, Amen. What song, what is the song that our people need to sing? You know, and the more you get to know who your people are, um, the more you get to understand where they're coming from, the more you get to know what's going on in their hearts and in their lives. Uh, And the more you understand, this is where our church is right now. And so that's just a part of pastoring. Um, And so I think um, the song, the song time of our services or or the way that we worship through song um, is so viable and important because it's a way that people can connect with their author, the creator, um, the one who we've been made in his image. And it's our duty to... Uh, or more than our duty, but our privilege to then turn our our selfish ambitions towards the one who deserves the honor and the praise and away from ourselves. Mm. Um, you yeah. know, I go back to I go back to Colossians three, and this is honestly one of my favorite passages of scripture ever. Is in verse sixteen, let the word of Christ will richly among you, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Mm -hmm. Father through him. You know, in Scripture, the command to sing is given over 400 times. Wow. Over 400 times we're commanded to sing all throughout Scripture. Um, You know, the man after God's own heart, David, wrote songs and sang them and danced and praised in the good times and in the hard times. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. my thought process and all that is, is if, if a man who, who scripture calls uh, a man after God's own heart can be vulnerable with his emotions um, and can um, rejoice and can mourn, but in all things sing yeah. and dance 
and praise, um, how much more should I? Oh man. And so, yeah. and so those are things through every that circumstance. I, yeah. Through every circumstance. Yeah. Um, the faithfulness of God is, you know, the, the cool thing about God is he's constant. He's this constant, steady figure who never changes, who never sleeps, who's always faithful, who never abandons all these things. That is who our God is. That's the one who loves us and cares for us. So We're the ones who are up on the mountaintop or down in the valley or anywhere and everywhere. But God is that steady figure all the way there who constantly is drawing us closer to him. Yes. And it's it's just a matter of of us fighting it or a matter of us submitting to it. Hmm. Um because I'm not even gonna say giving into it, it's submitting to it. Yeah. Because in the end, he's the faithful one and he's the one who's sovereign and in control. And so those are the things yes. that we have to remind ourselves. Um and so we got a little bit off track there, but I think that those are the things that allow us to um, to praise wholeheartedly, uh-huh. knowing that he's a faithful God. And, you know, I, I believe that singing is a powerful gift. I think singing is, is more for those around us than for sometimes for us hmm. alone. Um, okay. when you, when you sing, you're encouraging the people next to you. Hmm. And when you sing, you're encouraging those around you. You're reminding yourself of the gospel, but you're also reminding other people of the gospel in the same way. Fascinating. And so, I never really considered um, that, but that makes sense. Nobody really thought about it, but you know that's why sometimes uh, in a lot of churches, you know, when they're blowing the speakers out and some stuff like that, you can't hear everybody around you. Sometimes some people are like, "I love that because I can sing as loud as I want, and yeah. I don't have to feel guilty or vulnerable." Yeah. Um, and that could be completely valid for those people. But then there's also power in hearing those around you. Yes. Joining in one voice, you know, the same thing, what we just said here, teaching and admonishing one another. Like it's the one another. It's not just a Mm. self-serving issue. It's something that you're doing for those around you and those in the same room as you knowing that, Hey, we're all in this together to quote high school musical. So, um, (laughs) yeah, now we've really come full circle. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Back back uh, to high school, I think, senior year. Yes, I think there's an element to the one another in that passage too. That my when I hear it, like I initially think you know in the term of pastor to people, you know, to pastor to lay people, but really like there is an element of that of just believer to believer. You know, whatever you to your role may or may not be. Um, I think that's beautiful, and then that also you know, bring it back to parenting, like it's so valuable then as a father for your kids to see you worshiping the most high God. You know, I'm not saying that like every father out there should aspire to be a worship leader, but your kids, I know you would agree with this. Your kids need to see you worshiping God. However that takes place, you know, you may not be a great singer or musician, you know, and may not feel comfortable with that, but how else are you worshiping? Are you in the word? Are you in prayer? Are you, uh, spending time in communion with other believers, you know, uh, doing worshipful things, you know, are you some, like you said, are you surrendering? Are you submitting to the Lord, uh, in a way that your kids can see that? And because it'll have such a tremendous impact, you know, I think of, I think of you, I think you're, you're so qualified to talk about this because I think of, uh, I think of like your mom, uh, you know, faithfully singing to the Lord, you know, and the choir for so many years. Um, I can remember, 
I don't know. I just remember when I, we first came to Crossroads, and I knew who your mom was, and I'd see her in the choir and hearing her sing. Like She has such a wonderful voice. And now seeing the man you've become, it's so clear what an impact uh, you, you know, your parents had on you. Uh, and, and I can only hope that uh, your kids received the same benefit that you did and my kids received the same benefit, you know, in, in that same way. Um, and on that yeah, note, you know, go ahead. Oh, sorry. You know, the the age old adage of, I, I just want to give my kids something better than what I had. Hmm. And so that's kind of, it kind of always rings a little bit true in the back of your mind of, uh, you know, everybody's like, well, why do you, why do you do this? I just want to do, give my kids better than what I had. Hmm. And so it's one of those things where I have a way more accurate view yeah. of what it looks like to do that. And I think, um, you know, just as much as my kids need to see me i hate to say like in front of on the stage right in front of people worshiping they also need to see me repenting when things are not great yes and uh you yes. know we we moved here five months ago and it's it's been a transition of change and things haven't necessarily always been easy mm -hmm. um pastors are imperfect people Absolutely. um yeah. and, um and so there have been a lot of hard times when, hey, guys, dad is not doing <laughs> the best thing yeah. for you right now. And dad's sorry. Like, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm sorry I got a little upset when we were in the car. Or I'm sorry that this happened or that happened. Yeah. Um, I think that's just as much worship mm -hmm. as declaring the word on a stage. Because it's showing that we're not perfect people, but the grace of God still abounds even when we screw up and mess up. Mm. And I think mm. sometimes, I think sometimes our kids can learn more about who Jesus is and the love that Jesus has for us when they see us admitting our failures and our and and our flaws, but then saying, you know, and asking them for forgiveness. To where then they say, we forgive you, dad. Mm. And then you say, you know, and then you can turn that into such a teachable moment of this is the grace of Jesus. We've all done wrong. Yeah. Romans 3, the wages of sin is death, mm -hmm. but the gift of God is eternal life. And so um, just saying that God's grace and his mercy are continually bounding to us as imperfect humans. And we ask for our kids grace and mercy and repentance um, from them just as much as they need to ask for grace and mercy and repentance from us when they do wrong. It's a whole circle of things to where um, that's almost more worshipful than playing a song on a guitar. Yes. Like in, in my opinion. And so, um, you know, have, have we done that exactly right for the last 11 years? No. <laughs> But are we trying to identify it when it rises up? And are we trying to work through um, these issues as they come up? Absolutely. Mm. God doesn't Praise demand God. Perf God doesn't demand perfection from us. Yeah. Amen. God 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 demands a humble heart. Yeah. That is repentant and reliant well, on His grace and on His mercy alone. Yeah. I mean, and he, so if he we says, can teach that to our kids. That's that's yes. that's the win. He, I mean, he calls us to be holy. He does do that. However, there is grace whenever we ask for it. Yeah. You know, and, the, and, and to model that for our kids, um, 
I mean, what what a what a great witness that is to our kids, to our number one mission field is to our children. Um, yeah, man, I, 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 you're, you're spot on. Um, when you, when you think, um, man, I don't know, you hit on so many good questions here. I, I, I was going through my list of questions <laughs> I had for you and honestly, you answered like two or three in a row right there. Uh, when, when you think of your son and your daughter and you envision their future, um, what do you, what do you see? Like, how do you, what do you, what do you aspire for them? Uh, I want them to love Jesus. Uh, I want them to love his church. Um, I want them to love one another, uh, which sometimes on some days is a lot harder than other days. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, I think, I think those are, those are the things I want them to be kind. Mm-hmm. I want them to be humble. I want them to love the unloved. Uh, I want them to, and, you know, sometimes we're seeing that on the other side of it right now with um, just, you know, clicks at school and stuff like that and mm. kind of being on the outside looking in. And, mm. um, you know, I, I never want someone who's around them or that we have a relation with to, to ever feel like they're on the outside looking in. Mm. Um, and so I think... Um, by teaching them and by showing them uh, the love that God has for us and how it's unconditional uh, and how it doesn't matter what we look like or what we talk like or um, where we've been or where we're going. Um, we are still all made in the image of God. Yeah. Um, he, has, he has specifically created and fashioned us in a way that only we can be us. Mm. We can't be anybody else but us. And that's who God's made us to be. And in God's sovereignty, we have to trust and believe that he has a plan for each and every single one of us to make a difference in this world, to further the kingdom of Jesus. Um, and if we can, if we can relay that to them uh, in a way where they can understand it and in a way where they love people along the way, and they're again, humble and kind and respectful and all these things that you wish for your children. Um, you know, I, that's all I can ask for. You know, I want, I want them to love Jesus and I want them to love his church and I want them to make a difference. Yeah. I think that's, I think those are the, those are the three biggest things that that I could ever ask for as a parent. Amen. Amen. And you touched on something really beautiful in there, you know, uh, talking about, you know, being the person that God made you to be, you know, um, that's such a hard lesson to learn, especially, I mean, I can only imagine you're in it right now, like parenting through the preteen years and through the teenage years, like, you know, I mean, those are hard years for you, for me, for every human on the planet, you know, like you're trying to figure out who am I and your parents and my parents were faithful to us in, in bringing us to church and to remind us of the truth of the gospel, you know, that, 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 you know, we can only be the person that God made us to be. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think it's such a good reminder and such a good thing to pray for. I think is what I'm saying that when I pray for my kids tonight, I'm going to pray that they will trust that God has made them fearfully and wonderfully, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, not for them, their vanity, you know, not for them to feel puffed up or proud or anything like that, but just 
in those moments of insecurity, you know, in those moments of self-doubt, um, I want my kids to, to know that the Lord has a purpose for them, um, uh, and that their, their life matters. Um, um, yeah, so, man, that's, that's so good. Um, just got a few more questions here, uh, for you. Uh, kind of a interesting question, um, just a kind of an opinion question. When it comes to godly manhood, um, do you think a man can have a healthy relationship with the Lord uh, without worshiping Him through music? Healthy? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I would say that I would for sure say that somebody can have a relationship with God without Abs- worshiping through absolutely. music. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I'm not asking this with a certain answer in my mind. I just want to yeah, pick your brain. Yeah, no. Uh, healthy? I don't know. Because I think, again, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, music brings out the the wheel of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, like, yes, we can be vulnerable before the Lord and, and these things when we're not singing, when we're not doing it, but, like, I don't know necessarily how you rejoice without being showing emotion, without um, elevating your voice. Yeah. Uh, you know, you think about baseball games or football games. Like yeah. when good things happen, people get loud. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm watching uh, some Premier League soccer and those dudes are singing. The whole stinking game. The whole game. time, yeah. <laughs> the whole time. You think American college and, football fans are nuts. Wait till you watch an English yeah, premiere those game. Those guys are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I don't want to be. I don't want to be that guy that's like, well, if you can cheer on Saturday, you should sing on Sunday. Uh, uh, yeah. Because nobody likes that guy. Yeah. Um, but there, there is some sort of a celebration that comes with music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our pastor this morning read read this passage uh, as we started worship from Psalm 149. Sing to the Lord a new song, His praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let, the, let Israel celebrate its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise His name with dancing and make music to Him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. Yeah. Sounds and like so a command like, to me. I I think so. You know, when when people are telling me to celebrate and to rejoice yeah. and to make praise, yeah. like to me, that just erupts in music. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but also, I understand how God has wired me to to be able to express emotion musically. Yeah, we're we're more um, you and I are more inclined in that direction. Do I know? amazingly God-fearing men who don't maybe engage as much in corporate singing worship? Absolutely. Do I know that they still can have meaningful worship times through music and song without belting it at the top of their lungs? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think, I think that there's, you know, we're not asking, uh, I don't think in, in this question, at least, a healthy relationship with God without worshiping him through music. I don't think we're talking about um, everybody at the front lip of the stage with their arms in the air and just, you know, 
kind of that sort of scenario, but I'm thinking, can we have meaningful times of worship through music? Yes. To some people, that might be in your prayer closet with a worship playlist on Spotify. Yeah. Um, just letting that sit and letting that be. Mm-hmm. To some people, it is being that dude with his arms raised in the second row and nobody else can see around him. He's just in it, <laughs> in it to win it, man. Yeah. And and we and as a worship leader, I love seeing those people. But more often than not, the comments that I get after leading a worship set or after a Sunday morning aren't necessarily from those people. It's from the people mm-hmm. even today. There's a guy, I didn't even know he was in the room because yeah. <laughs> I couldn't see him. But um, And you always, as a worship leader, will gravitate to the people who are very expressive in worship. Of course, yeah. Because the ones you it, see. Gives you, it gives you some more uh, real-time feedback is the word that I would use. Yeah, of of that and so but you'll have people who are just man worship was so good today thank you hmm. worship was fan i was I, man i was i was worshiping today thank you for your faithfulness or for your obedience to the Lord. yeah and i love so it when they word it that way too yeah and so it's just it was really hard for me to understand how to receive those compliments for a long time to mm-hmm. where now it's just thank you um yeah but so it's just those scenarios you can't say that music didn't have an impact with those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what maybe we think as um, worshiping him through music may not be how other people worship, but they're still worshiping through music in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, I think that scripture commands us to sing and, and to use music to mm-hmm. praise God. Yeah. Um, you know, God created music he created the instruments. He mm-hmm. created melody, and yeah. um, the angels right now are gathered around, around the, the throne, throne, singing, "Holy, holy, holy!" Yeah. This, um, the seraphim, you know, worthy seraphim. are yeah. you, O Lord, to receive to receive to open the scroll. That sort of a scenario. Yeah. So, so if it's in heaven, I would imagine that it's That's fairly important. healthy for us to try to replicate down here on earth. Amen. Um, yeah, it's a great answer. And so I would, so I would say, can they have a healthy relationship with God without worshiping their music? I don't know if it can be um, everything that God has intended our relationship to be with Him. Mm. I think they can fashion it in a way to where it is okay for them, but I don't think it can reach what God really intentionally created relationship to be. Let me ask you a follow-up then. What would you say... You know, we're speaking to men now, you know, what would you say to the man out there who's maybe in a season of their faith where they just don't feel worshipful, you know, for reasons that are understandable yeah. or not? Um, what, what would you say? I would say it's not always about your feelings. Hmm. I would say that um, sometimes you got to push past your feelings to really get to the root of what's going on. I think ultimately you go back to the scriptures and how it, it commands us to sing mm-hmm. and it commands us to push, to push through some of these feelings. You know, you go through David as he's being chased by Saul all throughout the land and in the, in the depths of his despair, he cries out to the Lord and make, and mm-hmm. like, to me that that's emotion, that's mm-hmm. worship. Um, so I would say, honestly, that 
you may not be feeling it, but you still need to do it because that's probably what's going to help you get out of it the fastest. I agree. I agree with that. That's, a, that's a great answer. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, so I don't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. This is so great. What you brought to mind brought to mind is you know when my dad passed away and what year was that? 2016 when that happened. Um, shortly after, uh, our friend Ben Connolly uh, reached out to me, and mm-hmm. he checked in with me a couple weeks after after I'd kind of we'd gotten through the funeral and I was kind of back in Fort Worth and just trying to pick up the pieces and live a normal life again he called to check in on me and asked, you know, how things are going. And I just, you know, I told him, like, I just, I don't feel, you know, very worshipful. And I have so many questions about God and his goodness and, you know, a lot of just real emotion, you know, um, negative emotion at the time. And it was affecting my spiritual life. And, um, he, he, I say this cause he, he spoke to, of David, you know, in the Psalms. And he said, you know, David, uh, did horrible things. Uh, David, you know, at times vocalized in the Psalms, some things that were pretty bold, you know, uh, about God, you know, why have you abandoned me? Why have you left me? You know, kind of these kind of things you see, maybe see in Job, you know, like as well, like I know David's not the character in Job, but similar tones, you know, of, of, you know, where have you gone and, you know, are you really a good God and all these kind of things. David voiced all of those very real emotions to God, and yet God still considered David righteous. Um, yeah. And I, that, was, that was one of the most prolific things, uh, not prolific, one of the most important things that, um, that Ben ever told me. Um, and really, really still sticks with me. I think of that all the time when I'm in a season of, you know, uh, where I'm in a season where I don't feel super worshipful or super glad in my heart. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's be- beautiful that you brought that up. Coming back to that, I mean, you, you go to Psalm 38, Lord, do not punish me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. For your arrows have sunk into me and your hand has pressed down on me. Yeah. Don't abandon me. Like, that's not joyful. No. But what that is, is it's, it's again, inciting that emotion. But then he turns around in Psalm 40 and says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and he heard my cry. Mm. He brought me up from the desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet upon the rock, yeah. making my steps secure. This is where it turns right here. He put a new song <laughs> in my mouth, a hymn of mm. praise to our God. Many will see in fear and they will trust in the Lord. Yeah. And so even in the depths, God God doesn't choose to put a, a feel-good story into his mouth. He puts a song into his mouth. Yeah. And he says, this is the song you sing now. You don't sing the song of sadness and brokenness. You sing the song of praise and thanksgiving and so that's something that um to me the the fastest way out of not feeling it is pushing in a little bit further into it there there's a guy in our church who uh runs a brewery in town believe it or not uh and uh he uh was teaching at our men's retreat we had right right after i first got hired and he told the story of a buffalo. And I don't know if you know the story. Okay. Kind of 
of buffaloes and things like that. But when they're in the plains in Colorado and all these things during the winter, a lot of times those storms will come. And a lot of the livestock will run away from the storm where uh, to where the storm just chases them. And they end up just in anguish for a lot longer, whereas the buffalo turns and he runs into the storm because he knows, although it's not going to be very fun for a little while, it's not going to prolong. You're going to get through it and you're going to get to the green pastures and the sunny skies and all the other stuff in a lot shorter amount of time than you would if you're trying to run away and run away and run away and run away, because that storm's just going to keep chasing you. Stay overhead. Yeah. And so, and so it's one of those things to where I find that if you press into, if you, if you dig a little bit deeper into it, and if you fight through that storm, if you go up against the adversity versus running away from your problems, if you press in and you fight up against it, your peril or, you know, your hurt is going to be a lot, it might hurt a little bit more than it would have if you ran away. Mm -hmm. But when that storm catches up to you, it's going to hurt just as much. Yeah. Or you can face it a lot quicker and be through it on the other side. Mm, I like that. And so that's kind of, if, if you press into it and, and if you press into worship, you know, when you're not feeling connected is when I would challenge people to press into it even more. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Just because then you'll see God's faithfulness just like David did. And you'll see that, song of despair will turn into a song of praise yeah um probably a lot sooner than it would have if you just keep running away from it mm. i love that shifting gears a little bit here got just a couple more questions um you're the perfect guy to ask this uh what oh what is uh your favorite worship song lyric as of late and how come uh you know we are uh we're doing a song right now it's called oh but god and uh the Shanes put it out at the worship initiative mm -hmm. and uh, have just really loved it. It comes straight out of Ephesians 2. Okay. And I think um, that is probably rich in mercy, how you love me, too much to let me stay lost. Um, my salvation sent from heaven, nailing my sin to a cross. Oh, but God. Mm. Um, you know, I have always loved those two words, but God put together, mm -hmm. because that means that, that means that triumph is coming. That yeah. means that something good's about to happen in the midst of the storm. You see, but God, you were dead, you know, Ephesians two, uh, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived. Yeah. We all too lived in them. Um, but God, yeah. Rich in mercy. You know, that's Ephesians two, four, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. And that. so that song has just been one that's been, that's been hitting for us um, these last couple of weeks of just literally the power of declaring scripture. Yeah. Um, so we've loved, I love that song. Um, really, really uh, that one. And then uh, there's a song called abide. Oh yeah, um, another that a guy one. named that a guy named Aaron Williams put out with Dwell songs. Yeah, and, love um, that song. Our church, our church really, really, and really has latched onto that song. Mm. Um, in a season where uh, we're we're waiting on the Lord, we're being patient with the Lord, um, and really just trying to walk with Him step by step. Yeah, and follow where He's going and be with Him as He as He moves. So those those are kind of two songs that I I've just loved. I kind of took it out of from a lyric to songs, but yeah, um, I can't. Sometimes there's so many good lyrics. You, I don't want to ever take them out of context either. Yeah, but um, yeah. 
but those two those two songs are ones that our our people are really latching on to uh and they're really fun to sing too the village at us the village church um Mm-hmm. had a song called but god i'm sure you've heard it like you mm-hmm. there's not a song i've heard that you haven't heard bleaker bleaker did that one yes yeah we do that one a lot um it's a it's a good one as well so i'd be remiss to hear hear yours and then not mention that um when you hear the word uh defiant some ask all my guests when you hear the word defiant what does it mean to you Uh, my first thought was disobedience, but <laughs> you're not the first person to say that. And honestly, that little bit of tension is kind of why I named the podcast uh, what it is. Cause people hear and like, yeah, what is this guy going on about? You know? No, but what, but once you dig into it, you know, defiance is just going against the norm. Um, yeah. and so to me, it's just, it's just put, you know, you're, what is it? Are the salmon's the one that go up, upstream versus downstream yeah. sort of scenario? Um, so yeah, I just think it's, it's just really, um, I, you know, and honestly, some of it could just be, I'm not going to go by the status quo and I'm going to forge my own path and I'm going to do something that's a little bit different than what everybody else is doing. Um, so, you know, I would say that's probably the more optimistic way to define defiant is just kind of not taking status quo as the standard. Um, but you know, almost creating your own standard. Um, to where you don't, you're not, I'm not going to say you're, you're not forging your own path in the wilderness, but you're also not taking the one that everybody else has taken. Mm, I love that. I love that. It's the wide gate, the wide gate, narrow gate story of Mm -hmm. just a lot of people are going down the wide gate. The narrow gate's really hard to get into, uh, but that's the one that we need to try to push towards. That's haunt. That, that, that imagery is always so haunting to me. I think about that maybe more than any other imagery in the Bible. Well, not every other, but I think about that a lot. You know, the wide gate, narrow gate. Um, and often what is popular uh, is not right, you know. Um, and so you, you have to be defiant and in, in, to live a godly life, I think. Um, I'll ask you, I want to end up the end the podcast here by asking you a few questions. Ask everybody, uh, what's a book other than the Bible that has significantly affected your growth as a Christian? Um, let's see. We've got lots of readers in this audience. Uh, I've really enjoyed, uh, over the past probably year or so, um, some readings by Paul David Tripp. Uh-huh. Um, Love there's you. a book called Lead. Okay. Um, Not familiar with it's that fantastic, one. especially for church leaders, um, working through, uh, just 12 gospel principles for leadership within the church. Um, our staff, when I was still at Crossroads, our staff went through this book as as a team. Uh, it was really, 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 really good. Um, he also has a book out on marriage and a book out on parenting. Yes, um, the parenting have, marriage book I have, have. It's great. Yeah, I have really enjoyed his writing style. Um, for a guy who's ADD and dyslexic, don't do a whole lot of reading, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> which is why music is that much more important to me. Okay, um, okay. But... Uh, but uh, he he just writes in a way that uh, can punch you in the face yet encourage you all at the same time. Mm. Uh, and so I've I've really enjoyed uh, his books. Um, I'm, uh, his devotional New Morning Mercies. Yeah, is uh, uh, pretty fantastic. Literally on my desk. Yep. Um, and then uh, like 
Oswald Chambers, my utmost first highest. That's it's an incredible devotional mm-hmm. that um, constantly fixes uh, fixes your eyes on the Lord for the day. Um, I think it's a great way to start to start the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just got um, a book called The Valley of Vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that, uh, one. which is uh, the kind of a compilation of Puritan prayers. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited to dive into that. Our our pastor speaks so fondly of that book, and so. Um, so I was like, you know, we, let, let's dive into this a little bit more. And I've read some excerpts already and I can just tell it, it's going to be a really good one. That's awesome. That's awesome. My friend, uh, I don't know if you've ever met him before. My friend, Tyler Turner, uh, is who I always think of when I hear Valley of Vision. I think he's the first person who ever mentioned that one to me. Um, and I've never actually spent time with it, although I have heard a number of readings from it, um, uh, from different sources through the years. Uh, next question. What is your, a little more lighthearted here, what's your most controversial opinion about food or like a specific dish is really what I have in mind. I had a guest once, uh, my friend Jeff, he, he thinks that chocolate is disgusting, which is chocolate. just blasphemy to me. Like I can't, Yeah. what a world to live in to uh, not like chocolate. Oh, I, I'm not a big candy person. Uh-huh. I don't do a lot of like the, like the Laffy Taffies or the Starburst or the Skittles or the Jolly Ranch. Like, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just not my thing. Yeah. So I've never, never been a candy guy, really. Like, Halloween was never a big deal for me because I just don't like you didn't, candy. You, you didn't really so, grab the Skittles whenever you went to the no, gas station? and Never. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get peanut butter M&Ms if I have to. Um, if you have to. But, like, yeah. But that's chocolate and peanut butter, so I don't yeah. consider that candy. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Well, that was a <laughs> yeah, that was a follow up I had there. But like, but like the hard rock candy and some stuff like that, like never got into any of that stuff, like the Swedish fish and all the other mm. stuff that my my whole in law side of the family loves. <laughs> yeah. um, just never never been my thing, man. Yeah. Never been my thing. Okay. Last question. Uh, I'm going to be putting you into a barehanded fight to the death. Uh, we have to choose your opponent. If you win, uh, you will receive great fame and fortune, which I'm sure you care about. Um, <laughs> would you uh, rather fight against a single horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? So you're saying if I don't care about fame and fortune, I just don't. No, you have, have to. to deal well, with it. well, you're gonna lose your life if you don't put up a fight. So well, you got to choose your if, opinion. If I lose my life, I get closer to Jesus faster. Right? Okay. So yes, um, I'm not gonna be that guy though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I think a lot of people have been saying horse-sized duck, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people are underestimating how big a horse is. How big a horse is? And I know horses kind yeah, of freak me out. Like they're like, they're like a lot of they're they're big. They're big, and then and add so, on to the horse um, a flexible neck that can like look anywhere, like a duck has. Yeah, you know, ducks I'm, can like, you know, pick their own butt well, feathers. And their feet like, are really strong. So imagine too. a horse like, doing that, the, having to paddle so much underneath the water. Um, oh yeah, good point. I think I would say duck-sized horses. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, I don't think I'm winning either of these, by the way. Um, so let's just put it out there okay. first. I don't give myself a chance whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I'd like to. But think... if I had to pick, yeah. like gladiator style, I would assume. Uh, I mean, if I could get a hundred duck-sized horses, but not all at the same time, I think I would have a chance. Okay. Yes. Um, 
like if they could like come out like once in a like gladiator style where you just have to face somebody until you just co- go kaput. I think gladiator I would have a chance, style, maybe. like just one after another. Like yeah, just one, one after and... another. Like old school WWE. <laughs> I'm imagining it takes like where they all just or they all just come down like every every twenty seconds. Oh, good. every size... twenty seconds. <laughs> Oh, With the duck size horse, I could just toss him out and then get ready for the next one, maybe. I don't know. Well, that's what I was saying. I kind of – I was thinking about that. Like, you could take – and from that approach, like, I was thinking, like, if you could get the first one or two down, maybe you could use little, use them as nunchucks, you know, against the rest. Yeah. You know, In forge a little sequential weapon. order, you grab them by the tail and just – Yeah, whip them around. around you know? That's it. I, I don't know. It, it would be it'd be a little rough. But, you, you know, you always uh, see those uh, those. There's always like the bar fight in the movies. There was somebody at the bar fight at the honky tonk. He's got the pool cue, the stick, and he starts hitting yeah. people with the pool stick. Like you've got to do that with one of the one of the hundred, and hope yeah, for your. Just can't let him get behind you, and you'll be fine. That's right. Um, <laughs> but all that to say, I don't think I'm winning either of those fights. <laughs> Yeah. So let's just be really honest. You and me both, man. Well, RJ, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. Um, coming up to the office on a, uh, late on a Sunday night to uh, to do this with me, man. Such an honor. Uh, like I said, I know you wanted, I wanted to have you do this for a very long time. Well, for at least for a few months as I've been planning this. And uh, man, what a what a great night. What a great discussion, man. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. And I uh, certainly wish you guys all the best with the planning and the raising the funds for the new building and for, you know, yeah. moving into a high school and stuff. I think city permits, man. That's what we're dealing with right now. Oh, city permits. Yeah. So, well, I hope it goes quicker. Uh, yeah, man. Me too. Uh, funny story. Your mom texted me this morning, believe it or not. Okay. And, uh, about a song. And she said, I cannot sing the song without thinking about you. Oh, and so that. that's just, how cool is that? Of I'm doing your podcast tonight and she texted me this morning and, it was it was a joy to my heart to see that. Yeah, so uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. M- much love for Mama Sully for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, she'll definitely hear this here when this goes live. Uh, but yeah, that's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing that. Hey, stick with me here uh, for just a second. I'm gonna hit. Yeah, I'm gonna hit stop recording. Was that awesome or was that awesome? Ryan Jackson, such an incredible dude, and I am so so grateful to call him a friend and a brother. If you have any feedback, I'd truly love to hear from you. Send me a message straight from the homepage at defiantdad.com. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe. And if you like the show, would you please share it with a friend and uh, consider leaving me a five-star rating? It's a really easy way to help boost the visibility of the show so that uh, more dads like you and I can hear the life-changing message of the gospel. If you're on Instagram, I'd really be honored to have your follow. The name there is The Defiant Dad, all one word. That's The Defiant Dad. This is The Defiant Dad Podcast. My name is Andrew Sullivan, and I will catch you next Monday. Thank you so much for listening.